Matthew 28, verses 1 through 6. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. I believe there's an earthquake happening in this room right now. It says, for an angel, the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it like. Set on it. Like, think about that. He just sat on the stone like you thought this was going to hold my savior back, but I'm going to sit on this stone and show you. It is under me. It says his face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen, just as he said would happen, just as he said would happen. He isn't here. He's risen. I wonder sometimes, do we go looking for something in a place that God's not? Are we still going back to, to, to the tomb of shame when God said, I left that in there and I've already resurrected, I've already came out. But are you still going back to that shame? Are you still going back to that guilt? Are you still going back to that sin? Are you still going back to that condemnation? Because I know my Bible says there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So why are you going back to the tomb? Why are you finding yourself back at a place where things are supposed to be dead? He is risen. He is not here. He did what he said he was going to do. So today, we get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, the cornerstone of our faith, crowning proof that Jesus defeated death, how nothing in all creation can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I think that deserves just a few more seconds of praise. Are you thankful for your Savior who reached down and pulled you out, who conquered death, hell, and the grave for you and I so we can live life to the full, we can experience life in the full, that we can experience the grace and the mercy and the saving grace of our almighty Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you, are you thankful for your Jesus today? Some of y'all like, I just visited this church and y'all get a little crazy. Yes, we do, because we serve a risen Savior. And if, where would we be without our Savior? Where would we be without Jesus in our life? We are unashamed of the gospel. God's been too good to us. He's been too good. I know sometimes we still face challenges, but he's still been too good. Try not to already get in my sermon. I need to do my introduction now. So welcome to Easter at Skybreak. That's what my note said I'm supposed to say. So I'm going to say that. If you're new, glad you're here. If you're back, finally, hey, welcome back. Welcome back. We're good. It's so good to see you. Glad you're here. I've learned in my journey of faith that we often face doubts. We often face doubts. 
And we often confuse having doubts with a lack of faith. As you study the scripture, you will see that it records there are 13 post-resurrection appearances of Jesus before he ascends to heaven. Before he was taken on a cloud, before the disciples were given their divine assignment, right before his commission, the greatest commission, there's this little verse that people miss. And that's what I want to read today. Matthew 28, 16 and 17. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. This is past the resurrection. He told them to meet him on the mountain. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some of them doubted. I don't know if you've ever read that part, but as I read it again, I was like, how could this be? When Jesus is standing right in front of you and people are worshiping him and it says, but some of them doubt it. So what I want to preach to you today is from the title. What if I have doubts? What if I have doubts? Father, we thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you that you have graced us with your almighty presence. Jesus, I just thank you for what you're going to do this morning in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, if this is our first time in your house, I pray, Lord, that you would show your face. That we would experience your grace. Our hope and prayer for this entire day is that people would encounter you, Jesus. If they wouldn't just hear some songs, they wouldn't just hear a guy in a brown suit with Air Force Ones trying to look trendy. But Lord, that they would see you. That they would encounter you. Less of me, more of you, Jesus. Because we need your grace. So, Lord, do what only you can do today. Touch us from the inside out. Let us not leave here the same way that we came in. Let something be resurrected in our life today. Because you're here. You want to meet with us. And it is not by accident. We're in this room. We're watching from the other side of a screen, wherever we may find ourselves. You're here and we're here, so do your thing. Do your thing. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Amen. Give someone a hug before you take a seat. I know you're like, well, I don't even know this person. That's okay. That's okay. Just give them a hug. If you're single and they're single, hey, you might have just found your mate. God bless you for that. Skybreakmingle.com. Find your other half. Stay in the house. You'll find your spouse in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I found my spouse in the house. Have you ever had a hard time dealing with your doubts? Have you ever had a hard time? This is an interactive sermon, by the way. Um, I'll preach a whole lot better if you talk with me a little bit. But have you ever had a hard time dealing with your doubts? Anybody have a hard time dealing with doubts? I, I don't know about you. Can I get a little transparent for a moment? Got cracked my neck on this one. I don't know about you, but I can have a hard time trusting people. I don't know about you, but, but, 
Sometimes I, I can have a hard time. I can, I can be in a conversation with somebody and they're talking about something. And my staff knows this because I'm, I'm a challenger by nature. And, and we can be in a conversation and I, I can hear somebody talking. I'm like, nah, they lying. They all know what they're talking about. Mm -mm. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Show me. Prove it. Anybody like me? Anybody, somebody like, Pastor, like, like, I know God's working on me. Like, he's working. I'm a work in progress. Pray for me. But some of y'all like, you know, well, well, Pastor Nathaniel, the Bible says that you're, no, the Bible says we are to love everybody. It doesn't say I got to trust everybody. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody? But have, have you ever had a time in your life when you found yourself full of faith, but still having doubts? Times where you felt so close to God and, and you know he's real. You know that he is good and you're full of faith. And then all of a sudden, just suddenly, just not so sure. Like you're at church, you came in today and all these people are worshiping and they're, they're like singing out and they're like pouring their heart out before God and your neighbor's crying and you don't know why they're crying. And they're like, what is happening? And you see all this going down and you're like, why don't I feel God like them? And you've got questions and you, 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 you're like, well, why hasn't God answered my prayer? Why didn't God answer my prayer? Why, why are bad things happening? Is we just sang that song, it, it, but is God really able? See, when you start to doubt, it can be a scary feeling. You want to ask questions. You worry. Am I the only one? And you start to feel kind of this guilt, like, am I, uh, am I questioning God? And you start to feel kind of this ashamed, like, I should believe like this. And all these people say all these things. They're like, God is able, and, 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 and he can do more than you can ask or imagine. But I'm like, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I've got some questions. And you feel guilty, and you feel ashamed. Being raised in church I, my whole life, like I was practically born at church, like literally. Um, but I've watched my whole life how so many people in church have, have left the church, not because God isn't good, but they've got questions that they don't feel safe asking. So why do we doubt? Let's talk about that. Why? Why do we doubt? A few reasons are one. There are just sometimes there are questions we can't answer. Questions that you don't have the answer to you like I, I came across this, 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 this something in the Bible, this scripture, and I don't quite understand what it means. Like, like I got, I've got some questions and I can't answer them. This is complicated. Jesus always talking in parables. He never really answers a question. He asks a question with the question. I got some questions. There's questions that you just can't answer. And another reason is sometimes there are just situations that seem unfair. Seem unfair. I prayed and the Bible says, if I pray, God can do all things. I prayed, and, and, and if God can do it, why hasn't he? Does he really love me then if he hasn't answered it? And there's this, there's this bad thing that happened to this good person, and it don't make sense. And then there was this good thing that happened to this bad person, and it just don't make sense. And there's stuff like innocent people dying in the world and, and, and innocent children that just died in a shooting. God, where are you? I've got some questions. You're hurting and you wonder where in the world is God? Times, situations that seem unfair. Another reason is you find yourself in some hurt that you can't resolve. You looked up to someone and 
Maybe they were a Christian. They were a mentor of yours. They were someone in your life that just meant so much and they just did something horrible. Or maybe you felt like church was the safest place on the planet. But unfortunately, someone hurts you. And you've walked away. And I believe there are some times that as Christians, we can make it worse. Oftentimes, I've found that Christians can sometimes be some of the hardest people. There are just some Christians, I would say, they just don't have much grace. With good intentions, they've got like a bumper sticker theology. Like everything's just black and white. And when, when someone has questions and they begin to kind of try to ask some questions and they're, they're concerns and they've got some doubts. And when someone has all that and they can't find an answer, someone hurts them. Someone just says, well, we don't ask those questions. No, it's time that we ask those questions. But oftentimes when they have a real theological question and, and the person that may be a good person doesn't have an answer. They feel let down. And if there's no grace. People break. And there's sometimes people have questions. And when there's no grace, then they feel like the only option is just to walk away from God. We talk about it today. And I want to show you today and over the next several weeks that if your doubts are handled properly. They can be a catalyst to a stronger faith. I want to tell you today that your faith is a journey, not a destination. It's a journey. You don't just like one day, like you went to school and like you took the class and you did the hours and you got the credits and all of a sudden you've got a PhD in faith. You never graduate. Like it doesn't just like here's your certificate. You've got faith. You took the class. No faith is a journey. And I believe that church should be the safest place to ask the hardest questions. And let me just say this, those of you who are parents at some point in your life, don't be surprised if your children start to ask and start to wrestle and start to doubt and start to have some really hard questions. And when that happens, can I tell you, don't panic. What I want you to recognize is that they have grown and they've grown up watching your faith and they've seen you have faith. And sometimes if you're honest, maybe you've even been a little bit hypocritical in your faith. But they've noticed that you have faith and you have a faith. And when the questions come, they may be just wondering, can I make your faith my faith? There comes a point in every child's life where you come into your own personal relationship with Jesus. Because for so long, I followed my mom and dad's God. I, I, I served my mom and dad's God. But there came a time where there were just some questions. I just need you to clarify. And I love it that I had a pastor as a father because I asked some really hard questions. And there were some of them that there really wasn't a, a good enough answer, but I had to learn that there's something that's called faith. So when questions come, it's not necessarily a bad thing. They they may have to ask some real, some sincere, some hard, some complicated questions to say that this is now my faith. So if there's questions, if there's doubts, it's not a time to panic. It's a time to process. It's a time to talk. Because the church and the home should be the safest place in the world to ask the hardest questions. It should be the safest place. And I want to talk today because if there are questions, if there are doubts, I've learned in my life that there is a difference between Faith and belief. There's a difference. Faith is it is a gift. It is something that 
God gives different measures of faith to each person, Scripture says. But belief, belief is something completely different than faith. Did you know that you can actually believe and not have faith? Like, let me just say this. The first, the first to believe Jesus was the son of God was not the disciples. It was not anybody else here on this earth. It was demons. How do I know that, Pastor? How do you know? Let me answer that hard question. James 2, verse 19. You believe that there is one God. Good. Somebody shout good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. So, so demons believed that Jesus was the son of God, but they didn't have any faith. It is possible to have good theology, to have right beliefs, but have no faith. It's possible that you, you can believe that coming to church will make you a Christian. You, you can believe that saying you're following Jesus and that's going to get you into heaven. You can believe that you are saved because of what you believe, that Jesus is the son of God. But all of that means nothing if there is no faith. It means nothing. Belief without faith is empty. It's empty. You can believe that Jesus is the son of God, the savior of the world, but still not have faith. Ephesians begins to describe this. Ephesians 2, 8 says, for it is by grace. Someone say grace. It is by grace you have been saved through beliefs. Is that what it says? No, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not grace through right beliefs or right theology or right religion. No, it is by faith. Faith is what? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. We see that in Hebrews described. So can doubt and faith exist in the same place? Can they exist? I believe that faith is strengthened in the presence of doubt. That's where it's found. That the strongest faith isn't a faith that never doubts. I don't know what misconceptions you've been taught, but I believe the strongest faith is a faith that grows through your doubts. That's the strongest faith. There's a scripture in John chapter 20, and I want to talk about some one of these disciples today. John chapter 20, 24 and 25 says one of the 12 disciples named Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. Again, this is post resurrection. They told him we have seen the Lord. So they've seen Jesus. Thomas shows up. They begin to describe, hey, we've seen the Lord. Now, this is actually funny because if you read it in the Greek, in the original Greek language, the verb is in, in an active tense. It's an active tense in the way that it's describing what's happening in this passage. So that means that they said it over and over and over and over and over again. We've seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. He was dead, but we've seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. And they're, they're shouting this at Thomas. And you know what Thomas's response, how he replied? He says this, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. And this is the reason that Thomas is known as, help me out if you know it, as doubting Thomas. But I've got to say, I believe Thomas gets a bad rap. I believe that we've misunderstood who Thomas really is in his faith. And my goal is to dignify his doubts today. Because I, like many of you, you can probably relate to Thomas. Like Thomas, he, he was a realist. Like he, he, he maybe have experienced some hurt in his life. He has, he's faced some pain. He's been through some disappointments. He's been through some stuff. Somebody, you've you been through some stuff? Have you been through some stuff? Tell you never, you've been through some stuff, huh? Tell him, just tell him, you've been through it, huh? But he had questions. 
But that doesn't make him bad. That makes him human. Can I tell you that your doubts don't disqualify your faith? And if, if I were to rank like disciples, you know, like put them in order of like who I believe is like the best and, you know, who maybe is like, you know, like Judas at the bottom. He is the betrayer, you know, like. Somebody had to do it, though. And if you were to rank those disciples, though, I would probably rank Thomas near the top. As one of the greatest disciples, because he said some things that I believe many people don't even realize that had some crazy faith. Crazy doubting Thomas said this. OK, John chapter 11, 14 through 16. So then. He, meaning Jesus, told them plainly. So Jesus has been trying to explain. This is the story between where Lazarus has died. They've sent for Jesus. Jesus waited an extra several days because he was like, I'm going to let him die and I'm going to show them so they'll believe. So he lets them die. They come back and he's trying to explain to the disciples like Lazarus has gone on. And they're like, what are you talking about? Jesus? He's like, I had to tell them plainly. Lazarus is dead. Like they weren't getting it. Like they, they, they must have had a little bit too much wine or something. I don't know. They weren't getting it. Ate too many figs. I don't know. But he said, let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Like, okay, you're like, okay, that's my question. Uh, what does that mean? Let me explain to you. Jesus, when he was in that city just before this moment, they were trying to kill him. They were trying to stone him. They did not want Jesus to come back. And so Jesus is saying, hey, Lazarus is dead. I got to go back there. And Thomas is like, oh, you got to go back to that city. Then, hey, guess what? Then why don't we go with him and let's die with him? Doubting Thomas? You're supposed to be like, no, nah, what? Like, we ain't going, Jesus. We're going to stay back and tend to the farm. Like, something. You said tend to your sheep. I'm just going to tend to them. You can go. You know, I'll be okay right over here. No, Thomas said, let us go die. And you see, the reason this is so powerful is because Jesus, he was facing this time where, where he would have been killed. Thomas said, let's go that we may die with Jesus. That's not fear. That's courage. That is anything but doubt. That is courage. Thomas said, hey, like if they're going to kill us, then let's be with Jesus when they do. Like if they're going to do it anyway, let's just be with Jesus then when they do. That, that's not a lack of faith. That is tremendous faith. And that was Thomas. Doubting Thomas at that. There was another time in John's gospel where Jesus begins to try to explain to them again. Jesus had a hard time talking to his disciples. So that means so God can use anybody. Okay. He was having a hard time. He was talking to the disciples. He was explaining to them. There's going to be a place I'm going to be going. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And so Jesus is describing this to his disciples, but pretty, pretty plainly, but just tell them this is what I'm about to do. And Thomas is like, oh, oh, hey, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. So how can we go where you're going? want to prepare a place for us. Where is that place? Can you can you give us some details? I need some clarification. Jesus. This was a sincere question. This was the guy who said, I want to go where you're going. I, I, I want to go there. Like, I'm with you. I just need some details. Like, I, I just need you to give me some clarification that Thomas just wanted to know for himself. What are we doing? So can I tell you, if you your family, some of your friends start to have some of these questions. It's not a time to panic. It's a time to process. It's a time to talk about it. It's a, it's a time to keep pressing into the things of God. Because I believe too often we, we vacate too soon. Like we walk away too soon. We leave too soon. Kind of like sometimes people leave before church is out. We leave too soon. We walk out and we walk away and God is trying to do something. Sometimes he's like, if you'll just wait just a minute, I'm trying to show myself to somebody. There was someone who came in here who didn't know him, who was on the edge of their seat, said, Jesus, this is my last ditch effort. Show yourself or I may take it today. 
God's trying to give some instructions. Here's what you need to do. Here are your next steps. And people leave too soon. How many times do we leave too soon when Jesus is still trying to do something in our own life? We try to walk out and we try to leave too soon and we vacate and we let the doubts get the best of us. We let our questions get the best of us. We let our faith kind of dwindle because we saw something and we experienced something and we walk away too soon. God said, if you would have just waited just a moment, if they would have if they would have said that when Lazarus had died, Jesus had to show them I am the way maker. There is nothing too far and no one too far. There is nothing impossible for me. And I'm going to show you so you will believe. This verse says in John 20, 26, I love this. It says something that I hope will grip your heart today. And this verse is for all of you who've experienced some stuff. You've experienced some hurt has happened. You've got some dirt on your feet. You've got some questions and you've even got some doubts and you're unsure about some things. This is this is the scripture I want you to listen to. The Bible says eight days later. Eight days later, Thomas showed back up. Even in the middle of his doubts. Thomas showed back up, even when he wasn't sure, even when he had some questions, even when nothing made sense. They said we worshiped him. He was there. He was there. And he said, until I touch him, until I see him, I don't believe. But guess what? Eight days later, Thomas showed back up. And I want to tell you today, some of you, you may have been hurt. You may have some doubts. Let me applaud you today, because guess what? You show back up. You're here. You're watching. And even in your questions, even in your doubts, you showed back up. Sometimes you just got to show back up. You just got to show back up. And I want, this is the part I want you to see. I want you to see how Jesus responds to Thomas's doubt. I want you to see this. Don't miss this. I want you to see what Jesus, our Savior, the gracious Father that he is. God. It says eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. You can try to lock God out, but let me tell you, he can surpass any, any locksmith in this world. Some of you tried to shut the door and lock it and throw away the key. And he said, you know what? I'll find you. I'll come to you. I will find you in your darkest place. I will find you in your darkest hour and I will show myself. And maybe that's for you right now. And God is saying, I'm trying to show myself to you. I'm a good father. I love you. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. I've got something in store for you that you can't even imagine, that you can't even contain. I've got something so good. I knock. Just open the door. Jesus standing among them said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound in my side. Jesus says, don't be faithless any longer. Thomas replied, my Lord and my God. What I want you to see, Jesus came to Thomas. When he was doubting, Jesus showed up and said, hey, 
I'm going to give you what you need. You've got some questions. I'm going to show you. Put your, put your finger in my hand. Put your hand on my side. And I love how we serve a God that will come to us even in our darkest places, even when we got doubts, even when we got questions. He will meet your need. He comes to us right where you're at. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful we serve a God that loves you enough to meet you in your doubts, to meet you right in your middle of your struggle? And I love how one moment Thomas goes from doubting to shouting. He's like, I don't know, but my God, my Lord. And I believe some of you today, you're going to go from doubting and you're going to turn into shouting because Jesus is going to show himself and you're going to say, oh my God my Lord. God is not distant in your doubts. He's not distant in your doubts. Jesus is not a standoff savior. He is willing to be touched. And if he feels far, can I tell you today, all you have to do is reach out because he's reaching for you. He's reaching for you. You can you can question. You can wrestle. You can struggle. You can even have doubts. But I've learned in my life, the greatest doubters often become the strongest believers. And I'm going to tell you, the devil's going to try to use your doubt to drive you away from God. But let me tell you, God will use your doubt to draw you closer to Jesus. Thomas asked questions. Thomas needed answers, but Thomas stayed faithful. And guess what? He got the answers. And what did he do? Many of us don't even know the rest of the story of Thomas. We don't even know how, how he lived the rest of his life and how he served. He served Jesus faithfully after that moment. He had seen. In fact, if you go to study and you don't really find it much in scripture, you've got to do some pretty hard studying. But tradition tells us after preaching Jesus and after preaching Jesus some more and after even preaching Jesus so much, Thomas was ended up being murdered in India in the year somewhere around 72 AD or so, all because he would not back away from his faith in Christ. So they drove a stake in his stomach because he would not surrender the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Doubting Thomas did that. You've got doubts. It's okay. Thomas was proved to us, and I hope you get this today, that when you have questions, that when you have doubts, your doubts don't disqualify your faith, and your faith is a journey. It is not a destination. Faith is the means to push through it. Faith is the means of when saying that, God, you're faithful, even if I haven't seen it come through yet. The faith is the means to say, God is able, even though I'm still believing on this side of his able. It's like the same way that those Jewish boys said, I know God is able, but even if he doesn't, I will still serve him. I will still serve him. Stand with me all across this room today. I know some of you, you haven't seen what you've been praying for come to pass yet. I know some of you, you've been fighting a good fight, trying to break that addiction, and you keep finding yourself back in it. I know some of you feel like nobody sees you, and God doesn't know where you're at. I know some of you feel so disqualified, you are worried about even walking through these doors today. I know some of you have been believing for God to come through in a situation, and it seems like nothing is changing. I know that dream that God put on the inside of you feels like it's been dormant. And like it's never going to come to pass. I just want to remind you today that God is able to do immeasurably more super abundantly, Pastor Jared said, than ever we can ask or imagine. And some of you may be walking through not the shadow, not the shadow of, of the mountain, but the shadow of doubt. You may be walking through the, the valley of the shadow of doubt, but don't let your doubt be a dead end. Keep walking. Keep asking, keep searching, keep praying, keep walking by faith. 
keeps showing back up because God is more than able. You just have to let the way maker through. So if you've got doubts today, just let the way maker through. If you're struggling today, then why don't you just let the way maker through? If you've got questions, just let the way maker through. If you've got baggage, just let the way maker through. If you got doubts, if you need a miracle, let the way maker through. Come on, let's just sing this song. Let the today and I want, I want us to kind of break tradition. I want us to break formality for a moment. We've come in, we've got our Easter dress on, we've got our Easter suits on, we've got our Easter apparel, some of you flip-flops and jeans and that's cool, I love that, I love it, I love it. I think sometimes on Easter we, we come to say we did it. We come, we're, we're prim and proper, everything's good, I'm hot, blessed and highly favored of the Lord, but can I tell you, can we get real for a moment with Jesus? Your life ain't as all put together as you're putting it out to be. Your life may be good, but guess what? It can be better. Your marriage looks good on Instagram. God said, if you'll just let me through, what you're prophesying will come to pass. You show love on Instagram, but you don't show love in the home. But if you let me through, I'll show you love that you can't contain. So can we just do something for a minute? I know it's Easter, and I know we got other people that are going to try to come in here in just a minute. But guess what? If, if the God wants to move, they can wait because God will move for them too. And I want us to sing this song just for a little bit longer. And I want us, to, want us to proclaim this by faith. And if you need God, to, you need to let the way maker through. If you've got some struggles, if you've got some doubts, this altar is open. I want you to break your formality. I want you to break out of your comfort zone for a minute. I, don't worry about your seat. Don't worry about where everything. We got your kids taken care of. Trust me, we're going to feed them extra food. Don't worry about it. We're, gonna, we're teaching them Jesus right now. We're telling them that they got a God who loves them, that has saved them, that is for them, and he's for you too. Don't worry about them. I want you to worry about you. And if that's you today, and you need to let the way maker through in your life you're struggling you got doubts you're worried about something you're in need of a miracle that i want you to get out of your seat i want you to walk yourself to the altar and say jesus i surrender it i need you to come through i need you to show yourself come on just get out of your seat walk by faith today let every step be a step of faith to say jesus i trust you jesus i trust you look what the faith can do and if you're not coming down then why don't you just build your faith because what can faith do in this room right now what miracle can happen in the presence of God? Come on, come on.
So Father, I lift up every single person that's come down right now. Lift your hands today, lift your hands. It's a sign of surrender. God, we lift them up to you. You see the doubts. You see the struggle. You see the concerns. You see the hurt. You see the pain. You see that addiction. You see that broken marriage. You see the struggle that we're in right now. And I feel like God wants to remind some of you right now that he has not left you. He has not forsaken you. The Bible says that he is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So, Father, we pour out our concern. We pour out our doubts. We pour out our struggle. We pour out our pain. We pour out our heartbreak. And we say, Lord, let the way make her through. Jesus, anything is possible if someone would believe. Anything is possible with the faith in this room. God, we are standing on your miracle working power. We are standing on the word of God to say, by his stripes, we are healed. And if two or three are gathered on any one thing, it shall be done with your name that is above every name that every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that the name that was given is above any name. So we declare your name Jesus over every single situation, over every doubt, over every concern, over every struggle. God, we showed up today. Show yourself. You're doing it right now. You're showing yourself right now. Your presence is in this room. Faith is being built in this room. Miracles are happening in this room right now. Somebody's being set free in the name of Jesus. That addiction can no longer hold you bound. That struggle will no longer hold you back. That destiny that God placed on your life, that purpose that he put on the inside of you that he didn't give to anybody else but you, it is going to come to pass. It is going to come to fruition. Where there is God's vision, he will provide his provision. It is going to happen. It's going to happen. Anything is possible for those who believe. So God, we stand by faith. The faith is the substance of things hoped for, yet the things unseen. But God, we speak it into existence. We speak things that are not as though they were. That is by faith. You said if we will have faith, not a big amount of faith, but we'll have faith the size of a mustard seed. That it is strong enough to move mountains, to say that mountain moved to that sea and it will move. So God, I pray whatever mountain that may be standing in front of each and individual today, whether in this room or watching online, you may be even laying in your bed right now, that that mountain of sickness must move in the name of Jesus. That mountain of doubt that's standing, staring you in the face like a giant, it must move in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we think that we thank you that you are the comforter. And when we are feeling chaotic, God, you are the comforter, Holy Spirit. You bring peace that surpasses all understanding. We press into your presence. how we thought we would just come into a typical Easter to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. But no, we're going to walk out of here. We may have been doubting, but we're going to walk out of here shouting, saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. I'm set free. I'm made new. I'm a new creation in Christ. With every head bowed across this room, every eye closed. There's some of you in this room today that maybe Maybe this is a new experience. Maybe you've been coming for a little while. Maybe you're watching from the other side of a screen. And you tried it your way. You don't like where you're at. Can I tell you, it's time to let the way make it through. It's time to give Jesus the keys. To give him the reins. Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord. It says, you will be saved. If you're in this room or you're watching from the other side of a screen and you're in need of Jesus today, 
We all are in need of a Savior. It just at any point in time in our life, when we come to that understanding that we need him, that moment may be you right now. I need Jesus. If his word says that he can make all things new and he has a purpose for me and he wants to wash my sins clean and he's got a life for me that I can't even imagine, that I can have hope again, that I can have trust again, that I can be restored, that I can be made new. If his word says that I can become a new creation in Christ Jesus, that I can be born again, that he'll wipe away my past. I won't feel dirty anymore. I won't feel that shame. I won't be able to feel that guilt. No condemnation in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. You say, that's me. I want Jesus in my life. I want him to be Lord of my life. I want to give my life to him today. With every eye closed, every head bowed in this room, I want to count down from three. And if that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I'm not asking you to come to the front. I'm not asking you to do anything. I just want you to slip up your hand. That's it. I just wanted you to look me in the eye. I want to know who I'm praying with today. If that's you, three, two, one, just lift them up. Lift them up. Thank you, Jesus. Lift them up. Lift them high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. The Bible says that if I will acknowledge God before men, that he will acknowledge me before the Father. So just raise your hand today. Slip it up high as an act of faith, making a dis- an eternal decision today. Follow Jesus. I'm going to do the best I can. Faith is a journey. It is not a destination. You don't have to get right to get God. You get God, and he'll take care of the rest. Just lift your hand today. If that's you, say, I need to surrender. I need Jesus in my life. Lift it high. Lift it high. Lift it high. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Right now online, if that's you, just click that button. Somebody's waiting to pray with you right now. Just click it right now. Just lift those hands. Don't let this moment pass you by. Easter 23, you'll never be the same. When you've been touched by a heavenly father, you'll never be the same. When you've experienced the grace and the mercy of a God who renews every single morning, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Four more seconds. Just lift it up. Lift it up. There's somebody right now. You're contemplating. Stop contemplating and lift that hand. It's you. He's here. He wants to meet you. He loves you. He's for you. If the man may be against you, but God is for you. And nothing can stop the will of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I want everybody to put their hands down. and We're going to pray this prayer. And I want us to pray this prayer with faith today. Maybe you're praying this for the very first time. Maybe you're rededicating your life today. Or maybe you're already a faith-filled, spirit-filled believer. I want you to pray it as an encouragement to everybody around you who may be praying it for the first time. Let's pray it out loud where our ears can hear us. Say, Dear Jesus, welcome to my world. Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for me. And today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. Today I recognize and I acknowledge that you rose from the grave for me so that I could have life and that life to the full. I receive you today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone shouted a big amen, 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 amen. Come on, let's lift it up for every single person. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.